Welcome to the Get Heard with Ian Roth podcast, where it is our mission to enable leaders to effectively engage and motivate their audience through written and verbal communication. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Get Heard podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode. My guest this week is Max Warren, and we talk about a lot of things. The theme of the episode is about intentional thoughts and intentional actions and how as leaders it's important that what is behind our decisions and what we say is intentionality, us deliberately deciding to do what we're doing and say what we're saying. So some of the other things we touch upon are communicating to our groups and to our teams of how their actions gets us to the bigger picture and helping those sometimes lower level team members see that bigger picture. And we also touch upon the topic that we we can't lead disengaged people who don't know and don't care what's going on. So, so what are some ways that we can engage those people and make them feel like they are a part of the group? And again, kind of showing them that bigger picture and the, the why what they're doing at their level matters. So the theme is intentional leadership and speaking and why it's important to speak and act with intentionality as a leader. Hope you enjoy this week's episode with Max Warren. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Get Heard podcast. My guest today is Max Warren, the CRO of SpeakerFlow, where they're mastering the business of speaking, and they have some really, really cool retreats coming up. How are you doing, Max? I'm doing really well, Ian. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, totally. And you know, the CRO of SpeakerFlow, I know... I've seen you guys online, I've been on the website, seen you on LinkedIn. Can you just tell everybody what that's about? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, CROs, three letters for a fancy title, chief revenue officer, and essentially I'm the resident sales guy. So a lot of background in corporate and technical sales. And more recently, I was in the managed services world and parlayed that into uh, the speaking world, working working with professional MCs, professional speakers, so that I'm was their go-to resource as their sales guy and also sales operations. So lots of numbers, lots of metrics, percentages, and dialing that in and um, mastering the business of speaking. Do you want me to kind of go down that road a little bit? Because I'm happy to talk about that as well. Yeah, tell us real, tell everybody real quickly uh, what that's about and what you guys are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when When we, the three of us got together, Austin Taylor and I, we were, they were at an outfit called Traffic Crafters that they had started, which was a digital marketing agency. I had my own business, Clearview Business Development, where I was wearing the sales hat, like I just mentioned. And all three of us were seeing a lot of the same things that were missing for speakers. And the conversation that we were having with speakers before any of the three of us started talking was there wasn't a systematic approach. There wasn't a methodology, no predictable revenue and no sense of a business structure, no real clear way to set goals and no way to create predictable revenue. So the three of us, each of us coming from a different discipline, myself from sales, uh, Austin and Taylor both have a sales background, but Austin had gone down the road of software as a service and operations and systems and was working for another CRM vendor. Taylor was running an e-commerce company, selling high ticket items where people were purchasing, having never spoken to anyone. And so he was really perfecting the marketing game. Austin was working in ops and I was working in sales. And when we started talking, we were saying, there's so many holes for speakers. There's 
they don't have the simple formula of mastering the business side. So they don't have systems. They don't have business process. And they were struggling and we saw it as a three-legged stool, marketing, operations, and sales. And so we landed on get organized, which is your back office and operations, get known, which is marketing, and get paid, which is sales. And that's how we work with folks to help them build that out in their business and get acquainted with oftentimes what's, it's pretty alien. You know, when you're a creative and you've got a message and you want to get on stage and you want to deliver that message with passion, the the engine underneath of that is really a business structure with business processes so that that can be scalable and repeatable and create a ability to create some profit that is predictable where you can actually project revenue and you have systems that support you. So we've got for the first time ever in September, we decided to, you know, our, our philosophy at times the end is just a little audacious. And we're like, well, we're going to go big or we're going to go home. And we had been inspired by some other folks in the speaking space. And we rented a 14 bedroom mansion in Orlando. And we're going to go on basically, it's a workcation. It's three months of work in three days, really focusing on business framework. Uh, we love OKRs, which of course came from Intel to Google, and OKRs are hugely, um, you know, widely used, and and they they have a great reputation of of really driving uh, success in companies. And talking about prospecting, uh, which is a bit of a dirty word, and sales, but helping people get acquainted with those skills and get them into their business and and make them part of their repertoire so that they can be successful. So that's that's really what we're aiming at, and. We love doing what we do. We're, we're serving more and more speakers and they're getting results. And that's fantastic. Our, my favorite part is when the light comes on or somebody sends us a message in Slack and says, you guys won't believe what happened to me today. And it's directly related to them taking some risks around uh, changing things or how their systems are working for them. And, and they're getting more gigs. They're having better conversations and they're, and they're growing their business in a way that they didn't realize they could. That's super exciting. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun down there in Orlando this fall, you said? Yeah, it's going to be September. Um, we just, just quick, just to kind of put the details out there. Like I said, it's three days and uh, 10 seats. It's going to be a roll up your sleeves kind of working bubble. We're going to have a ton of fun. Um, and we're also going to bring in a celebrity chef. We want everybody to eat good while they're there. And um, yeah, man, we're we're gonna we're gonna knock down a ton of work, but we're gonna do it in a great place. And we're also gonna make sure we take the breaks that we need and and get out of the mansion to go do some fun events in the evening and really sort of build that bubble to make a biz, a business transformation in a short amount of time. That sounds incredible, Max, and a lot of exciting times ahead for you guys. I'm happy for you and very excited for you. Yeah, thank you for that. Outstanding, and the. The topic for today and what we were discussing before the show and over the last couple of weeks on line back and forth via email was the importance of having intentional thoughts and making intentional actions as leaders and you know why as leaders we need to have we need to have intentionality in both. Yeah, the that whole subject I think partly the reason that that is front and center for me is the, the idea of being able to bring your full presence to a situation, and that definitely requires a measure of intentionality. When, when you think about leading someone, the biggest thing in my mind is you've, you've got to have a really clear idea 
of where you're leading them and whether you're leading them from the front or leading them from behind. Cause you know, there's different ways to lead depending on the situation. You still need to be intentional about it because the responsibility on the shoulders of the leader is to have a course of action and an aim. You need to be aiming at something and you need to be looking at an outcome and encouraging the people that you're asking to follow you to, to aim at that same thing together. And I think intention becomes, that's where you focus and and that's where you get the, the energy and the motivation because without, without a clear intention, how do you, how do you effectively get other people to buy in? How do you get people to move from being just solitary to really coming together as a team? So I think, I think intention can't be, it can't, it gets ignored at times. And I think that it almost sounds like woo, you know, in terms of a leadership skill, people say, oh, it's a soft skill, but I think it's really, really, really important. So yeah, that's my, that's my take. And and I'd love to, you know, explore that some more, but that's, that's my sense of it from my experience. So how I totally agree with you. It's extremely important to have an end state in mind and a, and a goal and be intentional with what we're doing when we're leaders. But what are some things that, what are some steps we can take so that we are taking deliberate, well thought out actions instead of just kind of shooting from the hip all the time? Have, have you seen anything from others or have you done anything that's worked for you in regards to this in the past? I have, and and I think what it starts with is consensus building through questions. I, I think when you, if you make the assumption that you know, and again, from a leadership perspective, and frequently in, in our consulting business, it's been a really good training ground for me. There's a, there's a sense of saying, coming back to what's the agreement, right? What have we agreed to together as we've started talking about this? We agreed that there are certain things you want to see change about your business. And let's, let's go back there because that's the touchstone. And again, when we go back to that, that, that question and that clarification helps you set the course again. Like you're, you're in a, you're in a place where that intention is acting as a rudder and by asking questions and building consensus and checking in, we, we do that on a regular basis Hey, here's what we're here's what we're aiming to get done today specifically. Here's how it fits into the larger picture. Does that make sense to you? Is there, you know, is there anything else on top for you? So that idea of let's let's stay collaborative, let's ask questions. And then what I will frequently do is restate things back to somebody else and just make sure I heard them. And usually I'll lead with, so what I heard you say was, and have them and just rephrase it in my own words. And either they're going to say, yeah, that's exactly it. You've, you've got it. That's exactly where I want to go. Or they'll say, no, that's not quite what I meant. What I felt like was important is this. Okay, great. So now together we can have a shared intention and we're aiming at the same thing. So we're going to produce a better outcome. So I, I think starting with questions and checking in with people and keeping it, keeping it collaborative and making sure the other thing that I like to do is once once you get on a call with someone and you're going to have a meeting, whether that's consulting, somebody's looking at us and they, they just want to talk to us about what we do, I'll check in with them. And then at the end, same thing, you know, come back to it and say, do so do you feel like we covered everything together? Do you have any questions? Is there anything else? 
And leading with those questions gives them, it gives them the opportunity to have buy-in and it also gives them the opportunity to feel validated. And I think that shared intention and validating someone is really important. Um, I don't, I don't know. We talk a lot about leadership in, I don't know that we talk a lot about follower followership. And I, I think that because of that, we've got to take the time to make, make the space where people feel like they can follow us, where they feel good about it, where it feels like a shared experience and it doesn't feel like you're sort of hijacking them. Cause that's, that would be the antithesis of a shared intention is where somebody feels hijacked in a conversation or a situation, or they may feel misrepresented. That's why I believe asking questions and getting clarity and repeating things back to somebody, not like a robot, but with, with empathy, with, with engagement, that really does move the needle for people. And they, they feel great about that experience and they learn in that kind of a, an environment, they can feel heard and they feel safe. You know, they, they feel like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be treated like an idiot. And the person that's responsible for taking the lead knows what's going on for me and what's at stake and, and what matters. Wow. You just dropped a couple knowledge bombs there, Max. So I want to kind of go back and, and yeah. dissect. Yeah, man. Wow. So you hit so many good themes that I'm so passionate about. And the one I want to start with is, you know, repeating what the person said, like an example saying, I heard you say X, did I understand you correctly? Or is that what you meant? And not only is that an outstanding way to get validation, but it shows that person that you're practicing active listening skills. Yes. And I mean, you can, you can be looking at someone and having someone talk to you and I've done it. We've all done it. And the person's talking to you, but you're not really hearing, you're not really hearing what they're saying. So being a good active listener as a leader will take you from good to great. Agreed. hundred percent. And conflict is something too. I, I think that one of the precursors to conflict is me assuming that I know what you mean instead of me actually doing the heavy lifting of listening. Because it, it, if I'm triggered, particularly like if I'm aggravated or I've got a dog in the fight and I want a conversation to go a certain way, or if I'm, I'm just, I'm hell bent on a certain outcome because I think I know better than you, then there's probably going to be that feeling that I'm sort of listening but underneath it, the person feels me going, yeah, 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 let me tell you what you need. And that that is a fast way to get the other person to just, they're going to shut down. You're going to, and, and you're, you're either going to get a cold conflict where that person is no longer engaging and you can't, you can't lead somebody that's disengaged. You, you can't get anywhere. There, there's no sense of cohesiveness or trust, right? And the, the way of leading somebody by getting their buy-in and by not by not scrapping your agenda, you need to be clear if there's something that you want to see happen, but you've got to make sure that it makes sense for them and then try to move towards them in a way that's authentic so that it 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 doesn't you don't have unnecessary conflict. Conflict's gonna happen from time to time because people feel like there's there's a particular outcome they want out of a conversation or in the world of consulting that that I'm in frequently, there's an outcome that they want for their business. And there's money involved in time and effort and energy. And there's fear and insecurity too. 
So there's a lot of that stuff in the air at an emotional, psychological level when you're practicing leadership that requires you to get better. Um, so yeah, that's just, just I think conf- conflict and leadership are things that we have to talk about and also talking about the fact that we've got to be able to get out of the way. And sometimes we do it ugly and clumsy at first, but we have to, we have to if, if we want to be effective at leading, we've got to be willing to risk that we're going to do a terrible job or we're going to miss it. And if we do, then we've got to be willing to own it when we fall down or, or, we, or we misrepresent what somebody said. So that there's that willingness to, to be able to learn too as we go. So before we go to conflict and leadership, because that is an awesome topic to discuss and I think is extremely relevant to our listeners, I wanted to go back to something you said a little earlier. Like I said, just so many knowledge bombs. I'm typing away here on my computer with these notes. <laughs> but it, it's very important to communicate how your team members or employees' actions relate to and contribute to the larger picture, like you said. So how as leaders can we make that clear to them so that they can see maybe on their micro level down in the dirt doing, you know, just an employee level task, no leadership, no responsibility of others. How can we make them see that what they're doing here now is affecting and contributing to the greater good and and the bigger picture? I think that the job of the leader is to create a context for their contribution. So what I mean by that is come up, come up with a way to, relate to them and and particularly if they feel like their role is is unappreciative or it's kind of a smaller role and they don't realize how important their contribution is then it becomes it it's the responsibility of the leader to paint a picture that says this is how what you do or don't do has an impact on all of us this is how your contribution is moving the needle for everybody on the team and also with, without without it being a carrot, and I think it, when I say that, I mean, you've everybody's been in a situation where somebody says, you know, if you do a great job with this, there's another opportunity open for you. Where we've almost felt like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel it feels disingenuous. So, without dangling a carrot in front of someone, having an open conversation about their contribution at the level that they're at right now, what what is it? contributing to the bigger picture and also a, a, a path for them. You know, where, where are things headed for them? If they're involved in a particular project and they're contributing, what, what do you envision for them? And giving them room to see that as, as not just an end in and of itself, but part, part of something bigger. And I think that that's one of the things that, that a leader needs to do well is to inspire people to see beyond just the immediate and get, a glimpse of what they're what they're contributing and, and what that means for the team, and then also about their ability to, as they show up to to expand that role and to take on other challenges and and grow as a person and as a contributor to a team. Now, those are some great things, and you know, again, it is extremely important as leaders that we're able to clearly communicate that to even the lowest level employees because. You know, a, a very wise person once said to me, you know, who's a very high level leader, you can do your job without me, but I, as the leader, cannot do my job without you guys out there executing everything. So again, I think it's extremely important that we can communicate all the way down to the lowest level 
that they're contributing to the greater good and moving the needle for the organization. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. And I wanted to get into another topic you brought up. So conflict and leadership. And I mean, how I did a whole podcast episode about this a while ago and how uncomfortable and unsexy it is to do as a leader, but it's so necessary. I mean, we have to do it, whether it's having a professional disagreement with someone in work or whether it's having to discipline someone for poor performance, poor attitude, something along those lines. So Max, what have you seen work? What have you seen not work? What are some some good ways, bad ways? Have you seen anybody do a terrible job at it? Just love to hear your thoughts. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've um, particularly because the corporate the corporate culture that I started in when I was a, a, a sales guy in technology and tech companies were driven to grab market share to be the first, and so it's a lot like living inside of a pressure cooker. And what what I had have seen not work is absolutely no clarity about what success looks like. So there's no definition of success and an expectation that even though we, I have not defined it as the leader, we have not agreed upon it as a team, you're supposed to somehow by osmosis figure out what's expected of you and go out there and, and get it done. And that, that lack of communication um, or leaving this huge vacuum where we, we don't have a consensus, we don't know what's expected, but we do know that if it doesn't pan out, there's going to be hell to pay. And I think that that happened more often than not. When I, when I started out in, as a project manager and an engineer, there were frequently times where thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars had been invested in gear, and we were trying to build optical networks for large clients, and we had deadlines to meet. And there were times where things just went south because communication and the the lack of communication or poor communication always precipitated conflict and finger pointing. Because what happens is the minute minute that somebody feels like the the boom is being lowered on them and their, their back is against the wall, they're not, it isn't, it isn't necessarily a learned, it's a learned behavior, not a natural behavior to say, okay, I'm willing to take responsibility for this, but I want to talk about what else went wrong. The immediate response is going to be, hang on a second. What about, and you're going to start blaming, right? So the blame game happens and nothing gets done. It's not productive. And all the blame shifting and finger pointing and accusations could be avoided if there was expectations were set and there was a buy-in and whoever whoever was leading explained to everyone this is what success looks like and this is where we're headed so not doing that is a recipe for disaster um and someone who the other thing too i think that that happens sometimes is that you have leaders that don't take responsibility they don't understand the nature of responsibility they don't feel responsible for the team what they feel like is that they want to they want to tell you what to do but they but they don't have the sense of camaraderie that that's really really important because a leader needs to be respected and sometimes you have leaders who who come at it from the perspective of I'm the boss you do what I say and there there's no there's no connection to the leader and there were situations that I ran into where there was threats and demeaning and closed door meetings where 
you know, profanity and just, just the worst, the worst possible kind of leadership was exercised all because everybody was under pressure and somebody else got yelled at. And now they were going to come and bring the heat to the team and try to, you know, you guys need to get your act together kind of thing. And it doesn't work. It, it, it just, it, it is a miserable method. Um, what, what does work better, what is a, a good idea is to say, look, this is what we need to do. This is when we need to do it by, and this is why it matters. Everybody clear on this is what we need to do. This is when we need to do it by, and this is why it matters. Now is your opportunity to ask questions. And that saves an enormous amount of time and conflict. Um, just poor communication or lack of communication is creating a vacuum where conflict and misunderstanding can happen. And, and you, you mentioned the, the idea that it, that it's ugly and, and, and you've probably have yourself have seen people have done it poorly and you've had to be a bystander. And I've seen that several times where it just, a situation went down right in front of me and I couldn't believe the way that, that someone was being talked to. And they were basically being yelled at. And, and I heard the word unacceptable, unacceptable. And I'm thinking, you know what? The, the guy you're yelling at right now, he can't distinguish between whether the outcome is unacceptable or he is unacceptable. So you're losing him. Even if, even if this guy turns a corner and he does what you want him to do, you've, you've, you've fed a fire of resentment at the human level that as a leader, you're, you know, that that's not the way to get things done. It's, it's kind of like, um, have you ever heard the expression, Ian? Oh yeah, that guy's super successful and there's a wake of bodies behind him. Have you ever, are you familiar with that kind of leadership? Unfortunately, and I've unfortunately seen the bodies from those leaders too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was in a situation where, uh, we were working in an office on the East coast and this vice president was going to come in and I had a guy out of New York who was sort of coming beforehand to make sure everything was prepared. And I knew this gentleman and we went to lunch and he said, I want to warn you about this guy. And I said, why is that? I mean, is, is, you know, is he, is he that bad? And the, his expression, his specific expression was he has no regard for who he steps on to get to the place that he wants and there is quite literally, not only at this company, but other places, a wake of bodies. So if you can keep your distance, you're doing yourself a favor. And and that I that image has never really left my mind after I had that conversation. Of course, I was really grateful for the heads up from this guy. But what what floored me, and and I guess this isn't this isn't really necessarily the norm anymore. And there's a there's a lot that's been shifting gradually in cultures where you can't get away with that. You can't, you can't get results, but be sort of a butcher along the way. And people just look the other way. Now there are places where that occurs, but you know, hopefully we're, we're getting a clearer picture that that kind of leadership that, and you know, toxic is a word that's kind of in vogue and I really don't want to use it. But when, when I say toxic leadership, you know what I mean? What I'm talking about is the kind of it's like being a tyrant and bullying everyone instead of being the kind of leader that people follow out of out of respect and a sense of team like there's a, there's an esprit de corps that you've built and and you've done that by putting in the work as a leader 
Definitely. And I've seen my fair share of toxic leaders. And that is the case for a lot of situations where there's poor leadership. But I often see that people claim, you know, just because I don't like someone, he said something that I didn't want to do. I have a toxic leader. So like you said, that's a that's a, a phrase we need to use very lightly, but definitely justified where the situation permits it to be. Absolutely. And and you're hearing me loud and clear. That's that's exactly where where I was going. It's like I'm inside your mind, Max. <laughs> We're simpatico. You're definitely you're definitely tracking with me. And also, I mean, I think a lot of it too. You're a military guy and and leadership is something that I'm absolutely certain that you study and you practice and I think these these concepts when you when you are leading and have been led, if you're a student of leadership, you're paying attention to what's going on and you're taking notes about what works and what doesn't work and how to spare yourself unnecessary grief and heartache. Definitely. I've and I've certainly seen my fair share of terrible, terrible leaders. And then I've been so fortunate in the last two years to see, I would argue, some of the best leaders that the US Army has to offer. So Definitely seen them all and have definitely learned a lot from the terrible and then the very good ones. That's fantastic. And I wanted to go back to, you know, you're talking about leadership and how when leaders do not put out their intent or communicate what needs to happen, basically the who, what, when, where, and why, and they, they don't communicate that to everybody. I mean, we need to understand leaders. You need to understand you are responsible for everything that your organization, your team does or fails to do. So if somebody at the lowest level on your team screws something up for the whole team, that's you, man. That is you as the leader that has failed in that situation. You might not have had a lot to do with that, but you being the leader for that entity, it is your responsibility. No doubt. No doubt. And there's there's been a lot of good good things said and written about that. Um, Jocko's book on, on extreme ownership comes to mind. And the, the best practices around what it means to to take on the responsibility of leading people and clarity and communication. I mean, ultimately, intention, I think, comes down to being able to get clear about what's happening. And, you know, we the phrase, Ian, a lot of people will talk about this idea of pivoting, pivoting in business or being agile. And I think that you can't be an agile company or an agile organization without the ability to really get buy-in and buy and getting buy-in and getting people to work and go above and beyond is a, is about creating that shared intention. And when you, when you are clear as a leader, how to communicate that in a way that's effective I, I do think that you've got to come to the individuals in, in that you work with at a team level and, and figure out the way to say it to them. Because what you can say to one person and communicate an intention, you may have to come a little bit differently to someone else. And you've got to be cognizant of that. And I think that part of intention is being a student of the people that are around you and really paying attention to them and figuring out it isn't about getting in your head because this could be a real trap and a stumbling block of playing out every potential scenario before you bring somebody bad news or you've got to ask for a hard thing or some sacrifice from the people that you're responsible for. 
or something you were aiming at, it didn't pan out as expected. And now you've got to retrench and you've got to come up with an alternative plan. And the alternative plan is it's tough, you know, and it, and it requires some, some extra hours or extra work or a, a reworking of a particular problem or challenge. If you're going to be able to get the best performance out of people, you really do have to care about them and they need to feel that from you. And one of the ways that you can practice that practically is communicating to them in a way that it, it plays to their strengths, that you're not, you're not just kind of one size fits all and just come into the people, well, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, it sucks. I get it. Now let's all get on board. It's more, it's more about being aware of how to, how to enlist people. You know what I mean? How to really get them on board with things and figuring out a way to put it to that person that you can bring it to them and create that shared intention. And that's, that's artful. I really don't think that that's something that you, there isn't a book that you can read to do that. I think that with some of the things that you're doing in terms of practically leading people or leading yourself, you've, you've got to be artful about it. And that requires you to get dirty, roll up your sleeves, fall down, have bad judgment, make mistakes and and get back in the game and be resilient as a leader and keep trying and working towards it. Does that make sense to you? How I'm, I'm does, am I painting a clear picture? Yeah. And how I think I heard you and I'm going to use an analogy I just kind of thought of. So your leadership style is compared analogy to like a resume. When you're applying for jobs, you don't want to, you don't want to send the exact same thing to every single job. You want to tweak it a little bit to fit whatever job you're applying for. And I think your leadership style here could be viewed as the same where each one of your employees, sure, you're going to have your general leadership core values and way you act, but you need to tweak it a little bit to each person in your team, see what makes them tick, use some emotional intelligence to, you know, just to shift to the left or right, depending on what they need and what is effective to them. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you definitely heard me very clearly. And I, I think again, that it's, it's artful and you have to practice it to get good at it and be willing, be willing to be willing to be vulnerable. And I don't mean see certain terms, you know, when we use them, they're, 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 they're so, they're so pregnant with meaning. And I want to make sure that I'm, I'm communicating clearly (laughs) funny enough. Isn't that funny? But um, by vulnerable, what I mean is what is useful for a leader and what is helpful is to come around the other side of the table. And there are times with my consulting clients and even people that are looking at potentially working with us, They've got real problems, um, problems that they can't figure out, problems that are frustrating to them, problems that even may make them feel a measure of incompetence or shame. And they've been working at it. These aren't stupid people. These are really capable, smart, um, and, and and in many cases, very brilliant human beings. So when they hit a roadblock with their business, it's it's a major point of frustration and it's stressful. So there are times where you've got to be diplomatic and you need to get on their side of the table. You need to come around to looking at it from their perspective in order to really meet them where they're at and and help figure out a way to aim together towards something because they can't necessarily see it and it may not be real to them. And, and words words become much more powerful and persuasive when you 
feel with them where they have a sense that, oh no, you care and there's real empathy. And so now you're saying, well, well, this is what I perceive and this is what I see and understand. Talk to me about what you perceive. How is that from your side? And get them to open up and they've got to trust you. And and I think that you use the word emotional intelligence, the the phrase emotional intelligence. And I, I think that's exactly what it comes down to is you genuinely need to be concerned about people and you need to listen to them from a place of recognizing that you've got, you've got your own areas in life where you're, where you're struggling. Um, there are places where you might see super clearly for someone else. Uh, this has been a tough one for me and I'll, I'll, I'll level with you. This was one of the toughest things in terms of being a salesperson and, and then being a sales coach, sales consultant for people. When you see it for someone else, but they can't see it, the light doesn't come on, the dots don't connect, and it just doesn't matter. The real name of the game is making a space for somebody where they have the aha moment because they are going to shift gears. They are going to have so much more um, skin in the game if you can, as a leader and as a communicator, help them to have that moment. Because for them, then it becomes, oh, you mean this. That for them becomes the the foundation or like a jumping off point to actually achieve something that they didn't realize was achievable or to simplify something that seemed like a black box for them that was really complicated. And I think that that's one of the things that we work at as leaders and communicators is to convey things in a way that the other person is able to see it for themselves, not beating them over the head with it, but helping to get them to see it in a way that they can buy into it. And that's different. That's different than just bludgeoning somebody with, you know, this is how we do it, or this is what works and talking to them like they're, they're dense. Cause I don't, I just don't think you're winning anybody over that way. And that's not, that's not, a way to persuade anyone. It's just a way to make somebody feel stupid or frustrated or, or ashamed. And that's ineffective. And you're going to lose them. You're going to lose them before before you ever get out of the gate. Definitely, Max. Uh, man, thank you for everything that you, all the awesome knowledge bombs you dropped for us. I think we had a heck of a conversation. Just as we're wrapping up here, I want to make sure that you're able to put out all the latest and greatest for speaker flow. So where can listeners find you if they want to learn more? What's the best way to get in touch with you and the team? Yeah, um, speakerflow.com is the website. Uh, we just did a revamp. And if you're new to the site, there is a start here button and there is almost a guided tour through the site. Um, there's a ton of information there. I encourage everybody to check that out. Um, keep an ear out for mid-March. We're going to be launching our own podcast called Technically Speaking, which is going to be another another resource to the community. So I would say the website and the podcast are fantastic. And certainly if you're on LinkedIn, feel free to hit us up on LinkedIn. We love to connect with people and we love learning more about what's going on out there that you know people can share with us and, and we can build those relationships and, and be a resource. Awesome, Max. Well, thanks again for taking your time out of your night tonight to be on the show. And I know our, our listeners are going to take away some awesome stuff from this episode, from your words that they can put into practice. Fantastic, man. Again, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Get Heard podcast. There are so many podcasts out there. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. 
please check out the show notes where I'm going to have a pretty detailed summary of everything that Max and I discussed in this episode. And if you're ready to go to that next level, I want you to go to my website at getheardpodcast.com. Check out what I have going on there. Subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you next time.